Good morning. You're listening to My Rapids Real Estate Show on AM 1320 WFHR, your weekly radio show focusing on real estate, the market, and everything related to housing in central Wisconsin. Welcome back. I'm Ben. And I'm Carrie Nikolai. And we are with Coldwell Banker Seward Realtors here in Wisconsin Rapids. That is correct. One of the most magical places in the country. It is. It's just like Disneyland. Right? I, You know, Charlie Burns has been doing his comedy skit around the area. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and really, I thought it was always interesting and kind of, well, jokingly hilarious that the image of the paper mill from that certain angle, um, where is that? Over on like first street, I, I think, think so. so. Yep. Um, we found it that one day it's on a portage, you know, not right next to the okay, river. Okay, so it was back by Smith Street. Okay, yeah. Anyway, so that angle does actually look like the castle. It does. You got to squint and tilt your head to the side just a little bit. Right. Or in Wisconsin, you know, you could have a couple beers and it'd be just about the same. Exactly. So... What's new in real estate today? Well, we made it through our first weekend of deer hunting. So again, these are pre-recorded. So we're finishing up the weekend. It's almost tricky day. Right. So, but we made it through our first weekend of deer hunting, which was extremely great. I don't think anything crazy happened. I haven't seen any weird stuff in the news about hunting. Right. It's all been about Christmas parades and other courtroom activities. Correct. So, but one thing that we kind of, we, we talked about just a little bit with the buyers that we were with, um, we were looking at a house out in the country and this particular home came with some acreage. Right. Which a lot of people are looking for, whether it be with a house or just vacant land on its own. Mm -hmm. But the one thing that we always need to be careful with, especially out in the country and with acreage, during deer hunting is that we are all still wearing the blaze orange. Right. Um, there's, you know, we, we've been here in central Wisconsin for our life. And, you know, people coming from out of the area or from a metro area into this more rural situation mm-hmm. <clears throat> might not, you know, completely be aware of when those hunting seasons are. Right. And, you know, it's just, it's a really good idea that, you know, to go take a look at the land, because that's one thing that you're looking at, too, is when you're buying a house with land, you want to see what it's like. But we also want to make sure that everybody in our showing party is staying safe. Mm-hmm. And so we really do need to make sure that we do have some sort of blaze orange. So it's a good conversational piece to have ahead of time during this gun season is to, okay, great, we're going to go look at some homes. We're going to go walk. Please make sure that you bring some orange with you. And also that you're accompanied with your real estate agent. Mm-hmm. Um, there's legal issues with that as far as trespassing and whatnot. Right. Because our showing is only when us as the agent gets there. So we have a particular time that we're allowed to be on the house. And we want to make sure that we're with the agent as well. So we know that people get excited about coming in, seeing some homes, and they always like to show up early. And then they they need to understand that if you do that, you know, you need to stay in your car because we don't know who's watching that house. And if someone doesn't know that that's what you're waiting for and they see you, they can call the cops or cops can be called on people and you could get charged with trespassing. And that also goes with vacant land as well. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when we have like large parcels, you know, that, that might be good for hunting. Mm-hmm. Um, many times people are coming from, again, out of the area. So if you drive two or three hours to come and look at this, your timing might not be exact. And so you get there a little bit early, like half hour early, maybe. You never know. Mm-hmm. You know, like you said, you're excited and really curious. So you could just jump out of the vehicle and start walking around. Um, you mentioned with the Blaze Orange. Yeah. And I think it's a good idea, not just hunting season, but whenever we're doing a land showing, especially. Um, I know bow season is far longer than, you know, the, just this rifle deer hunt. Mm-hmm. And there's also other hunting activities or other activities that might be on the land. 
So perhaps the person who's on the land doing those fun activities doesn't know that there's a showing going on and they might be, you know, I don't want to say aggressive, but they, they might take action to confront and whatnot. So at least if you're wearing bright colors through the woods, it'll be like, I'm not trying to sneak on the land. I'm right. here for a reason. And I know that we always keep, there's at least one Blaze Orange Fest in the truck mm-hmm. with us. It's one that, you know, we've kind of made sure that we had in there. So when we're putting out signs that are going to be on busy streets, at least we can have that visibility right. while we're trying to put out signs. So it's it's a good thing, you know, just to make sure that you do have, you know, some orange or like you said, some bright colors. You know, always check with your showing agent um, when it comes to these times of the year to if there's anything extra special that should be taking place. So if there are any realtors listening to our show, there's definitely something to take on with um, your ac- actions as well. You know, you're putting out signs, you know, stabbing temporary sale signs or open house signs in, you know, think of and be cautious of the traffic around you. Mm-hmm. You know, get, get your branded showing vest. You know? Exactly. It'd be kind of fun. We should do that. Oh, we should do that. The blue with like reflective and have cold old banker emblazoned upon it. They make them. They're also good for running. So when we do our running activities. Okay, we don't run. It's, we, we do not run. Okay. But, you know, to support our other runners. Right. To support our other runners. Yes, I can see you doing a cold old banker vest. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's it's the inside joke that we're the marathon office because JR and a few others really do like to run. Mm-hmm. The rest of us just, you know, we're Support there on the staff. we're there on the sidelines and we keep wondering to ourselves, what are you running from? Is someone chasing you? You know? Good times. Good times at the office. It's to get the snacks at the end of, at the end. So you gotta run through to get to the snacks because they have some extremely great snacks at marathons. Oh yeah. So you're running for snacks. So it's all about the reward at the end. It is. Again, similarly to when you're purchasing a house, it seems to be a marathon, mm-hmm. but then you get the keys at the end. Exactly. So anything else you want to talk about for real estate? So there are a lot of Christmas activities coming up, festive holiday items and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I know our our blog from the National Association of Realtors, we'll talk about that a little bit later. That's all about some ideas for decorating your house for Christmas. Right. And the one that's going to be coming up here fairly soon is going to be the hometown Christmas in Nakusa. And they will be doing a parade. Yes. And I believe Baby Yoda is going to be in the parade. Oh, we're doing that again? Yes, we are. Having the inflatable Yoda in the back of the truck? Yes. You can do that. So yeah, you're definitely, you know, come check out the Nakusa Parade. It's going to be on Saturday evening. Don't remember the time right off the top of my head. I'm thinking about 5.30, something like that. Sounds about right. And we'll post details on the Facebook page. Excellent. Hmm? But yeah, we're going to be down in Nakusa and we get fireworks this time. Ooh, because it's going to end in Riverside Park and there's space well enough for fireworks there. Yes. So we'll have some fireworks in Nakusa for Christmas, for their Christmas celebration. And I believe that they have different activities throughout the area that weekend. So it's not just the parade, but throughout the day, they have different Christmas um, things going on. Okay. So it's, you know, definitely stop out, you know, check the Chambers website page Mm -hmm. and to get all the good details about what they are doing. I know in years past, they've had a, uh, who decorated their the windows the best out of the businesses oh, along sure, market. Sure. Yeah. The, the downtown business window painting. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I remember back 20 something years ago, I, um, they did that here in Wisconsin Rapids for a little bit mm-hmm. <clears throat> and we were down at the, uh, the, the school when I was in school then, um, we went down to the Rapids Ford dealership which was still active, so this is now. I'm I'm starting to show my age. It's okay, um, but that was on West Grand on 25th Avenue area. Correct. Which is now Crackett Septic. Correct. And a couple other businesses over there too. 
Mm-hmm. But yeah, we did that in the huge windows, you know, because they want people to look in and see the cars. That was fun. Yeah. So definitely check out, you know, Nakusa and come see what they've got going on. Fantastic. And we're talking about Christmas stuff. So that means it's almost the shortest day of the year, which means it's on our way to more daylight after that. I know this, the whole entire getting dark at 430 in the afternoon, you know, come about seven to, you know, almost 630. It's like, OK, it's eight o'clock at night. It's time to like button down the hatches. We're going to go to bed here. And then you look at the clock and it's like, it's only 630. Mm-hmm. We still have plenty of evening left. So we're going to waffle back to our main topic of okay. showings safely. All right. Okay. Uh, because it's dark early mm-hmm. and we show houses, you know, all the way till like 8 or 8.30 at night sometimes because mm-hmm. our, our electronic key boxes stay late, open that late. Yes, they do. Good idea to bring your flashlights. Mm-hmm. You know, and I know a lot of people have them on their phone, but, you know, your phone might be getting low on battery or something like that. So, yeah having a flashlight that you can take around and look at the uh, the portions and the places and it may you know get a powerful flashlight so you can see up on the roof and you know check those things out that's I think that's a good tip here for the winter time yes for sure and even some of those homes that you know we go and see that have been sitting vacant they may have the power turned off mm-hmm. and so having a flashlight to be able to see in the home and be able to check out some things would be a very wise thing to bring or our favorite, they have switched outlets. That is my favorite thing, is the switched outlets with nothing attached to them. Right, because the house is vacant, so I would The house is vacant, there. so yeah, they, you know, there's no lamps in there, but you know, everyone thinks, okay, well, we've got a light switch, we'll turn it on and something will come on, and it doesn't. So you got to walk further into the house mm-hmm. and try to figure out where everything is. But like you said, we've got a flashlight on our phones, but that way we can kind of fumble around just a little bit before we can find those outlets with lights so that leads me into another idea Mm -hmm. you know staging we talk a lot about staging your house for sale and whatnot Mm -hmm. um and i'm kind of an all or nothing sort of mentality so if you go with the nothing and you take everything out including your lamps in the living room and whatnot maybe leave a lamp i would definitely you know encourage people to leave a lamp just that way we can have a little bit of light and especially in some of those rooms there was a time back in the day when they built homes where they didn't do any ceiling lights. Everything was always by, you know, plug it into to a, an outlet, either mm-hmm. it's a switched outlet or as you just plug it in, you have to physically turn on a lamp in order to have light in that room. It's really nice to be able to have a little bit of light in there. Um, we could also go back. I'm thinking about the 40s, 50s era, mm-hmm. the bedside lamp that's permanently mounted to the wall. Oh, yeah. Kind of like you used to see in the hotels. Yeah. Yeah. Like wall sconces next to the bed. So that's another thing. They're usually not controlled by a light switch. They're usually controlled by themselves next to the bed. Okay. So yeah, it's, it's kind of weird. The, um, the atmosphere here in Wisconsin during this time of year, when we do house showings takes, it's, it's got its own vibe. Mm -hmm. You know, it's really different than doing showings in summer when it's still light out at nine o'clock. Right. And some of those vacant lands we can even do a little bit later because it's vacant land. There's no key. So we can do, you know, a little bit longer days with vacant land. In the summer. In the summer. Yeah. That, you know, scheduling for vacant land showings here this time of year is a bit tough. And it depends, you know, how cold it is, what's been frozen over, how much snow do we have or not. Mm -hmm. And this year it seems like not. Right. Hopefully the snow can hold off for like another three weeks. But if it if it holds off for three weeks, there's a good chance it'll extend three weeks into the springtime. Very true. Yeah. And I noticed the geese have just now started moseying on south. Mm-hmm. Well, that's interesting as well. They were very loud this last week. Mm-hmm. The um so one of the the things that I've um kind of been noticing, um, we've had a couple of buyers who have purchased house and um, they've been using like uh, FHA or rural development loans, mm-hmm. you know, and they communicate to us some of their frustrations as well. And one was the figuring out just how much it was going to cost them as a buyer 
to do the transaction. Mm-hmm. So want to talk about that a little bit if we got a minute? Well, we got we got a minute. Okay. So back uh, maybe a year and a half ago when things were just going so fast and everything was selling anyway, mm-hmm. kind of our our advice was let's just, if this is what you're going to do, if you know that you're going to sell, let's just go and start writing offers. We'll figure out the banking stuff a little bit later. Well, now it's gotten back to a more normalized market, I feel at least. And, you know, the advice I think that we're really starting to give people is talk to your banker first and get that, you know, spend an extra bit of time with your lender and get those questions sorted out and nailed down a little bit more firmly before you get into the transaction. Um, and we've talked about uh, seller concessions or seller prepaid mm-hmm. type things. So understanding if those need to happen for your loan type and really talking with your lender as far as what what is going to be expected of you financially to close a transaction. Um, it, if it's, it, it's really hard when you think mm-hmm. that you only have like $3,000 for your closing costs, because that's what the pre, pre-closing statement had said. So you went, you talked to the bank and they said, okay, well, you need $3,000 for your closing costs. And then as you start moving through the transaction, that three may now turn into six. And you may not have the $6,000 and you're like, okay, well, now what? That's when we get those last minute seller concessions mm-hmm. for prepaid closing costs. So that way you can wrap that extra $3,000 into the loan. And that way we can still continue going on with the closing. And we're finding it not, you know, it it sounds like, oh, there's hidden fees that pop up and stuff, but there's really not. It's just the dynamic of the loan. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you get a, a conventional loan, you may have the option to not have an escrow account. Right. Or you can buy points. Right. To bring your interest rate down to where you want it to be. So, you know, having, buying those points, that's going to incur more cost. Because you're, you're kind of paying for it up front. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, all those are, are relative to a whole lot of things that your income and, you know, if you have something to pay off and how much money you have down and, and all of those little nuances. Um, we are finding that it's, it's still hit and miss with appraisers as far as timeline. So we're still going with our, our usual amount of time to uh, make sure an appraiser has enough time to get through. Um, but then if something needed to be like fixed with like an FHA or government back appraisal, mm-hmm. um, you know, peeling paint or missing handrail, and then they might have to go back and do a, a follow-up. Right. So that takes time. And then a lot of, underwriters won't sign off on the thing until the appraisal is final. So that takes more time. It's, it's all those little things that kind of keep building up and building up and building up. Right. And it's stuff that's out of our control. So as much as we would love to control and just, you know, wave a magic wand and, you know, everything is done in 20 days, it doesn't work that way. There are times where, you know, lenders are working with 40, 50 different transactions where you're just you're in the middle of the mix and so they're not trying to put attention on someone else's stuff we can't turn stuff into a priority or anything like that where we can move you to the front of the line it's just when the lender gets to it is when they're going to get to it and it's frustrating on our part too it's because you know we'd like to see everything close in a timely fashion but at the same time we do need to be patient with the lenders they're the ones who are approving the loan Right. So, you know, convincing someone to give you a lot of money, Mm -hmm. you want to be patient with that. Yes. Um, Two things that are very helpful is keep in continual contact with your lender as you, the buyer. You do have some control over that. And I I think you're, you know, if you have questions, you're kind of owed an explanation, at least a little bit. You know, hey, you don't understand this. Walk me through it a little bit. And keeping that continual communication of where are we with this, you know, it it doesn't matter so much where we are in the point. I just need to know so that I can communicate that to my realtor. Right. You know, calling about every three days would be appropriate. As we get closer to closing, certainly, yeah. or deadlines. 
you know, just in, in that first initial beginning, you know, calling three days after you got that accepted offer and just go, hey, whomever, you know, I would just wanted to make sure that you got the accepted offer because what if an email gets lost? We typed in something wrong and something happens where they don't get the accepted offer. And so we're all just kind of sitting here going, well, the bank is doing their thing. We're doing our thing. And it turns out the bank didn't even have the accepted offer. You know, we had that happen to us this, this year mm-hmm. where we had a little bit of a hiccup with a, with a lender and we got everything. We only needed an extra week. So, I mean, it wasn't like extreme, but it was one of those things where it was a very close call. But just calling three days after you get that accepted offer and just saying, hey, just want to make sure that you got my offer. You know, if they didn't, you know, let them know that you're going to get it to them. And if they did, just do your two thumbs up of great, I'm glad, and check back in with them to see a week later or two weeks later to say, you know, when did that appraisal get ordered? You know, so that way you as a buyer, you can feel like you're making sure everything is staying on, ta- on task too. Well, the, and the lender is working for you. Mm-hmm. Um, the other part is, you know, it's a team effort. So if the lender needs paperwork, get them the paperwork as soon as you can. Right. And that way they have enough information fast enough to expedite, you know, the process. They're not waiting on you. Right. And if it's one of those things where, you know what, things need to be scanned in and sent, talk with your agent. They might be able to scan stuff in for you just to kind of help get things moving in in a positive direction versus you hanging on to that paperwork going, well, I don't know how to get it to you. Right. Um, And especially you as a buyer client, your agent is working for you as well. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Um, there's an article that I, I popped up on the Yahoo News desk. Okay. okay? And I've, I've shared it a little bit on the social media. So I'll probably share it again here on the weekend. All right. It's, it's about love letters. Aww. So Yahoo Finance. The article is Oregon slapped with lawsuit over love letters banned in a hot real estate market. So now what we're talking about is having, you know, five, 10, 15 buyers kind of jostling for the same um, home. Mm-hmm. And so they're all putting in offers and then the offers are accompanied by, you know, letters explaining why the buyer is looking for a home, you know, the type of person or family that they are. And, you know, just please select me to buy the home. Right. And a lot of them are heartfelt. They are. And and really, you know, true stories. And it kind of gives a lot of insight into the buyer's motivations, why they're moving, you know, that type of thing. There's also some controversy with it because usually those things that a buyer would put in there um, could potentially be a portion of the discrimination that fair housing fights against. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not malicious, it just is what it is. And we, right. we really need to give everyone a fair shake at the housing market. So the only reason, this is from Oregon, and the only reason why I'm bringing it up is because, especially with the really hot market we've had, we've seen it, and the lawsuit's filed in federal court. It's uh, filed by Pacific Legal Foundation on behalf of Total Real Estate Group. They're alleging that the Oregon State banning of these letters violates First Amendment rights. Okay. Of course, the censorship, as they put it, is attempting to protect those fair housing laws. So this is kind of interesting, the back and forth that the Yahoo Finance article um, delves into. You know, and, and it it is. It's an expression. It's a First Amendment type of thing. But usually in the interest of protecting people so that everyone has a more equal shake at things because it doesn't matter if someone's got a hundred thousand dollars or someone else has a hundred thousand dollars, the money is money, right? Correct. So we're trying to help offers play on a more even keel, I guess you could say with the fair housing act. Um, and, and we've seen it quite a bit too. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times we'll present those after 
the uh, <clears throat> excuse me after the nuts and bolts have been looked at and we may not even correlate which offer is for which love letter you know very true so, yeah um it's still a duty for the agent to present those things that are made a part of the offer mm-hmm. yeah so love letters that's that's an interesting thing um we can also start a conversation so if you see that post on the social media you know go ahead and give a comment what do you think is it a pro is it a con what would you put in your love letter be interesting to to talk about that mm-hmm. i know um and those are always very careful letters always make sure that if you are going to write that that letter to the seller you know have your agent to take a look at that and if there's something in there that the agent knows that this could be in violation of you know have that conversation with with your agent and say hey this is what i would like to do how can i go about doing this responsibly mm-hmm. so that way nobody gets in trouble because the last thing we want to see is you know agents getting slapped with lawsuits or even you as the buyer getting slapped with a lawsuit because it's something that you put into your letter. Like I said, it's not malicious intent normally. No. But there have been a lot of instances in history that, you know, a lot of people have, have been discriminated against. It, it's really kind of sad. And, you know, as an ethical realtor, we, we have sadness about that, that, that people would even think to do that. Mm-hmm. All right. So talking about our market, what is our market looking like, Carrie? Oh, we're going to do the market stuff. Sure. Let's do the market stuff. Okay. Because we got a little bit of time. We're about halfway through our first hour. Okay. Because then I'm going to bring up uh, winter weather and some safety items to kind of keep around the house. We talked about flashlights earlier. Okay. Kind of made me think of the our homework kit that we have. So just in case power goes out, you know, how do we do power's outage in cold weather? So it's some things for you to start to think about. Oh, fantastic. This is going to be the winter safety episode, I believe. I'm, I'm really feeling that we're doing a lot of safety, <laughs> safety comments here today. But we haven't gotten the amount of snow that would really cause us here in central Wisconsin to rethink our driving habits. Mm-hmm. You know, the safe driving in the winter. So that, let's just keep on this safe homeownership in the winter. Right. Sounds fun. Okay. okay. So the market. So what is looking like today? So active to go take a look at. Um, and write an offer on it. We've got 39 homes in the greater Wisconsin Rapids area. In all price ranges. In all price ranges. That's pretty good. That's a, a very good sampling for this time of year, right before the holidays. Right. And then I want to do, I just want to flip over really quick. I want to go into the other one because I know that some, we've had some questions about the Rome area. Okay. So that's the northern portion of Adams County that abuts to the Nakusa area and uh, lower Wood County. The, the lakes area, the golf courses. It's a very lovely place to live. It is. It is a very lovely place. And right now we're looking at six homes available. In Rome. In Rome. Okay. So we've got some good selection here. We're starting off though at two hundred nineteen thousand and going all the way up to eight hundred fifty thousand. So that's actually pretty good, again for this time and for this time of year in that area. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people think, you know, it's it's seasonally driven because there's a lot of uh, seasonal sporting activities down there, and a lot of times people don't think that out of season is the right time to do those seasonal moves. It's, it's like buying a snowblower in spring. Why would you buy a snowblower in spring? Well, they're on clearance. They're on clearance. Right. So if the majority of the Rome area is really hot and, you know, the houses are going fast in the spring and early summer, well, this fall and winter time might just be the The reason to sell or you know, to, to buy. Yeah. Cause as a seller, you've only got six homes, mm-hmm. you know, people are still looking and especially if you've got a, a real estate agent that's looking at that routinely for you, they'll see something pop up and it'll be like the only thing that's popping up on their radar. Right. And if we're looking at land yet too. So again, mm-hmm. you know, there's always that question, well, 
Do we buy something already pre-built or do we buy the land because the land is available and we can always build on it later? So we got 38 parcels in the Rome area. So we've got more land available. You know, we can go help you find that, that dream home spot. Spot, right? It's a spot first. It's a piece of dirt. It's a dirt. We can go look at some dirt. I mean, we love doing vacant land. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, just going down there and just kind of taking a look at some vacant land and go, okay, this is what we're looking for. We're looking at something that may have deeded access, or I just want to have more hunting. I want to have waterfront. We can help you find those lots now. You can hang on to them for two, three years and then work on finding your builder because you now have the spot that you want to build your dream home and you can work on that builder later. And honestly, as far as home building prices, who knows what they're going to be? Who knows what our availability of supplies is going to be in a couple of years? Mm-hmm. So that, that part is still very volatile. Hopefully it'll be better than what it has been. Of course, we can always hope for the best. Um, the, is, and if you want to use it in the meantime for recreating, I believe many of those do allow um, campers or you know camping on them. Mm-hmm. So you could even do seasonal camping by dropping a, a mobile camp trailer and having it for a hangout. Right. So I mean, there's lots of lots of options in in the Rome area, and I know that we don't always talk about that area. So I thought it'd be kind of fun just to kind of highlight them just for a little bit, and it's a great great little area. And again, it's some places it's only like a 15 minute drive to the South end of Rapids. Mm-hmm. So a lot of fun, exciting things are going on in, in Rome. And also it, um, if you get down toward the Southern end of Lake Petenwell, it's not too far of a drive for, you know, amenities down there. Mm-hmm. You know, even, uh, Nielsville, you know, Mauston is a little bit longer. Wisconsin Dells isn't too far either. No. Yeah, lots of options. Lots of things to think about. So now that's in Adams County. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are listings that pop up over in Juneau County on the western side of Lake Petenwell as well. Um, usually we're not quite as in tune with the Juneau County side, but we do occasionally see those pop up. And if you're looking for something specific on a specific location, you know, let us know. We can certainly help you out with that. Oh, yeah. I think a lot of people find that the Juneau County side has fewer um, restrictions as far mm-hmm. as land use. So that might be more appealing. I also see that there's a couple more developments, <clears throat> excuse me, developments on the Petenwell access over on the Juneau County side. Yes. Yep. That area is really starting to to blossom. Mm-hmm. So it'll be kind of fun to see in the next couple of years what that's going to produce. And even... You know, vacant land over there, you can get waterfront with deeded access. I think I saw one for like about 150000 Right. It had over 200 feet of frontage access. Yeah. The, the trick over there is now the waterfront that you can buy is probably owned and managed by the flowage, um, flowage authority. It's the power company. Okay. Yep. So you don't own all the way up to the, the shoreline. Water. Yep. Right, right. Um, but that can also be good as far as taxes and whatnot, all depending on how it's laid out and a whole lot of other things. And we can help you walk through that as well. Excellent. That sounds like a really great opportunity. We should uh, definitely go down there and take a look at some some pieces of vacant land. I'm ready for a drive. Okay, excellent. So what else are we looking at? How's the market going? She is still going extremely strong. So that is the nice part. I'm back on the on the other part here. So because I know you're going to want to know what's going on with under 100,000. We're looking at 11 homes. Okay. Still in that affordable price range. Right. Very affordable price range. Uh, we do still have available our house on 5th Street South. So the house number is 1741 5th Street South. So that's coming in at 99000 Right, just under that 100000 mark. Right, and that's going to be a three-bedroom, one-bath home. So it's very affordable, and it's laid out quite nicely. So I'm sure we're going to be having some open houses on that after the Thanksgiving holiday. 
after the Thanksgiving holiday, we'll get back into doing some open houses over there. So that way we can really showcase that, that wonderful home. And it's in a great location as well. It's um, very close to Ida's. By the Ida's bar. Right. right? So it's like two blocks away from, from Ida's mm-hmm. or a block away from McDonald's. Right. So depending upon which way you walk. Sure. Sure. Yep. It's kind of nestled in that, that little neighborhood back there. So if, depending on where you're working, it could be a convenient commuting location either to get to Stevens Point or uh, Marshfield or the, you know, more inner part of Wisconsin Rapids. Mm-hmm. So our next, ta- next bracket, I almost called it a tax bracket. Sorry. I'm talking a lot about taxes today. I know. We, we have been doing the tax talk. Um, so our next bracket for homes is between that 100 and 150. Okay. So we'll go up and there's 11 homes in there. That's pretty good as well. Mm-hmm. And we've got a really nice listing over on 3rd Street South. So 2810 3rd Street South. We have um, a nice home over there as well. We've been getting a lot of activity on the house, but no one seems to be putting an offer in on it. And this I, one's got the really nice oversized garage. I was going to say, maybe the garage is too big. Right. Maybe? I mean, I think that garage is bigger mm-hmm. than the house. And it's on a huge lot for the city. Yep. Almost a half acre lot. So we've definitely got the the acreage there and, and also the garage space. Right. So something to take a look at if you're curious and are running in about that price range. Mm-hmm. And above 150, 150,000. Yep. Let's go up to 200. We have one. Okay. Just a single. <laughs> then how about over 200? Okay, so over... Oh, my computer froze a little bit. I was clicking too quickly. We're going to do the 200. I'm going to go to 300. Just uh to... We have nine in that group. Oh, okay. So, you know, again, you know, a good selection. So again, this is going to be like our higher end homes mm-hmm. where we're going to have, I got to check out here where it's our acreage. So we're getting a little bit in, into that, that acreage yet too. So that's, that's really nice. So we've got one that's at 60, 65 acres all the way down to... Uh, just shy of a half acre. That's still pretty good. Mm-hmm. And normally in that bracket, the interior and exterior finishes um, are certainly more of a higher end or higher quality than what you might find in the under $100,000 category. Right. Or a number of bedrooms as well. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking for a house with space inside of it, that might be an option for you. So above that 300 mark, we've got eight homes. That's pretty good as well. Right. So again, we're looking at, you know, quite a bit of, of acreage. Got a few things that are just under for, for acreage too, just under, just shy of a half acre. So we've got a lot of, a lot of good ideas here. What's the uh, average days on market for that category? Um, we're looking at 105. Okay. So if you happen to be a seller and your house is being listed around that price range, you know, be patient as well. Right. And especially this time of year, um, the market is a, a little bit slower than, you know, the hot springtime and early summer market. It just is what it is. Right. We've got these holidays are backing each other up. So we've mm-hmm. got Thanksgiving this week. We're going to then everyone's going to kind of do the Okay, we need the bigger house. And then they have Thanksgiving. We're going to list. Yeah. Because then hopefully we can get it listed and we can move in January. So we always want to look, you know, if you're listing now, you want to be looking at least um, almost two months down the road. So, you know, for listing in early December, as soon as we could move is going to be in that mid to late January. Mm-hmm. So just kind of keeping that that thought process in mind of, you know, maybe we list, we wait till after Thanksgiving to list, which a lot of people do, because then they can get that push to the winter. 
And then there's also that other thought too of we'll just wait till December so that way we can get through Christmas and we can move in January, February, and we can be ready for the new house in the spring. Now, talking with some buyers who had done a recent purchase here and closed within the last couple of weeks, I've realized now this is now my personal opinion Mm -hmm. and a little bit snarky, but the best time logistically to put an offer in on a house is like mid, late September into early October, and then have it close just a week or two before Thanksgiving, because you can set up your entire house with Black Friday sales. Yes, very true. Mm -hmm. That is like a kind of a smart way of doing it. You know, so it's just think of those logistics and we can help you out too. Just in case you're a first time home buyer and, you know, you need to fill that house with everything. That is a very good strategic way of doing it. Mm -hmm. And then if you're also, you know, the first time in your own home and you don't have Christmas decorations, well, there you go too. Right. You're just, you're setting up for everything. Exactly. You can get the deals on the Halloween stuff. You can Mm -hmm. get the the deals the day after Thanksgiving. Yeah. And all the Christmas stuff is in season. So really, I mean, you've got all your decor picked out for the first For the whole entire year. year. Right. And then you just, you know, leave your twinkle lights up and change out the rest of it. That's actually not bad thinking. Every once in a while, I've got those good ideas. You do. You definitely do. Okay. Anything more with the local market? Uh, No, that's it. We got to the end of uh, the market. Did you want to talk about the uh, safe stuff of just what happens if the power does go out? Sure. We can talk about being a safe homeowner in the wintertime. Or do you want to wait for next hour for that and do the stage style and blogged? No, let's talk about winter safety. Will it, all right. Let's, we let's like winter safety today. In this first hour. You bet. First hour, safety hour. And mm-hmm. then after that, we'll get into some other fun stuff. Okay. So there's a lot of dynamics when the power goes out in the wintertime. Okay. So what are you thinking of? Well, one thing I always think about is, you know, the generator. You know, do we do a whole house generator? Do we just do like a partial generator where we can just hook up a few things? But then I also, you know, kind of remember that you know, making sure that we had a good supply of matches and an excellent supply of candles because especially if the power goes out late in the, I'm going to say after one o'clock in the afternoon is when you're going to need the extra lights because it gets dark sooner. Mm -hmm. So you need to make sure that one, you got your candles. We'll enjoy our lanterns in our house. And so we've got a plethora of lanterns. In our home, so that way nearly every single person can have their own private little lantern that they can take into the bathroom, they can take into their bedroom, they can take it wherever they want to go because that way they can carry their own light. Now this kind of ties into as well if you've gone over to the Point Bass during the um, Spirit Walk, the Spirit Walk, Mm -hmm. right? You know, and you really get to see how people before electricity functioned in, Mm -hmm. in the dark. And it's really easy. It's it's a lot of flame, you know, and whether it's candles or oil lamps, you know, there's plenty of options to illuminate your home without electricity. Right. And but, I think an oil lamp is going to be our next purchase. Right. Now that you mentioned that, because I really do miss my oil lamps. I know that they they put off a lot of soot. They don't have to. Okay. Um, I had gone down the rabbit hole of a YouTube video a couple of weeks ago, and it was about hurricane lanterns. Mm-hmm. You know, so the, the way that the globe is constructed and the way that the burner is manufactured actually draws up, up an appropriate amount of oxygen and melds with the fuel effectively. And so you shouldn't have a lot of soot okay. on those hurricane lanterns. If you do, you might have your wick up too high, and so you just got to bring it down a little bit to right. make the burn a little bit more efficient. Right, and I know that you can cut it so that way there's like two little mountains, so you can get the double flame. Right. So That's I mean, fun. I know that there's a lot of really neat things. I really miss the oil lanterns that I used to have, and so it'd be nice to kind of get back into having the oil lanterns around but, the house. And, and those alternative lighting sources are you know, inherently dangerous because you're using some sort of fuel to burn. Right. So 
definitely be careful about, you know, keeping them upright, keeping flame away from flammable things. Yep, away from the walls, away from the curtains. And we never suggest burning things when you're asleep. Correct. Blow those candles out ahead of time. Um, and a few other things that we always kind of think about as far as, you know, no power safety is, you know, food. Sure. You know, making sure that you got some, you know, water available, some bottled water, but then also something to, to be able to cook with. I mean, we've got our little propane stove that we have so that way, or it's a butane stove. It's a butane, so we can use the butane inside. Yep. So that way we can still cook and still be able to eat and mm-hmm. be able to have things. Um, As far as food storage, I mean, your refrigerator can keep things cold for a couple of hours and your freezer is going to you know, hold the frozen food as long as you're not in and out of it constantly for a couple of hours as well, for sure. Mm-hmm. And then we happen to live in Wisconsin. So at this time of year, it's beautiful that the outdoors are our icebox. Right. So if we need to, we can definitely, you know, take some stuff outside if it's getting a little bit later or a little late in, in the game. And that way you can definitely, you know, still have all your, your munchies. Of course, as far as safety goes, don't burn anything to stay warm in the house if if it's not prepped for that. Mm-hmm. Meaning uh, wood stoves, fireplaces, those types of things. Mm-hmm. Um, some people might have the torpedo style heaters. You know, they might use for um, ice fishing or in their garage for garage heat. That don't bring those inside. That's dangerous very much. Uh, they produce far too much carbon monoxide. Right. So be wary of that. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. We, we're talking about um, generators and such. So of course, electrical safety goes along with that and keeping the generators far enough from the house. So again, you're not getting those fumes inside. Be careful of that. Right. Yeah, that, I mean, that's, that's about the basic overview for the wintertime safety. Mm-hmm. Um, it is different, of course, if you're on a well and septic, you know, as far as getting water, you have a little bit of time with your pressure tank, but after that, you know, the pump can't repump water to get it pressurized in your house. Correct. But like you said, bottled water is important. Um, keeping an eye out for how long the outage might be, you know, like what caused the outage. So if there was a major ice storm that's coming through, well, it could be quite a long time. And we always suggest, too, to have, you know, battery backup for your cell phones. Mm -hmm. So that way, you know, again, you're going to have to monitor the screen usage. But, you know, that way you can recharge the the cell phone battery. So just in case it does last a little bit longer than normally planned, you know, you can still be able to have contact with the outside world. Definitely. And, of course, Keeping the uh, the family entertained is a big thing. So if your devices that you're relying on for entertainment are not functioning anymore, hey, bring out the board games, right? Right. You got to go old school and bring out the board games and, you know. Read books. There's that too. Have conversations with each other. I like the oh board games. Goodness. I know. Get out the deck of cards. Get out the deck of cards. Yes. Play a whole family solitaire game. Mm-hmm. Um. Planning is a big part of it. So if the only plan that you have for keeping the house warm, if power out is out for an extended period of time, is your gas oven, well, that's a dangerous proposition. Mm-hmm. So if usually the power is the one to go out and your gas service is still going to be online. So if you prepare for the power outage, your supplementary power should be able to cover your furnace. You know, that, I think that would be the key thing to power in a, in a power out situation because the rest of the stuff you can plan ahead for. Right. Um, one of our plans for the family is having a centralized location that we keep the stash of batteries and candles and stuff. So I'd gotten a blaze orange. The Homer the, bucket. The Homer bucket. Um, toolbox, actually. Toolbox, yeah. It's a toolbox. So we know that when the power goes out, we go to the orange toolbox and we start pulling out our kit and whatnot and we've got enough supplies to keep us going through the uh the situation that is correct and plus now that the holiday Mm -hmm. season is starting to come on is when 
you get to see a lot more candles in the stores. So definitely grabbing some few extra candles would be very helpful. A lot of the small candles, so the votive candle styles. Mm-hmm. You know, you can pack a lot of those and spread them around so the light is far more even in the room, more of like what you're used to from the uh, electric light. And the nice thing is the candles that give off but just a little bit of heat just to kind of keep things just a little bit warm. I mean, it's not going to heat the house, but it'll be something, it'll just add a little bit of heat. I think a lot of, a lot of that is mental as well. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you can keep yourself going emotionally, then it's going to be far better for the entire situation. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a big key of having a plan is that, you know, okay, this is not a system that's insurmountable or not a situation that's insurmountable and just go ahead and run the plan. Okay. So a lot of, a lot of things to keep in mind for this wintertime season. Yes. But, you know, having, having that family plan that also goes into emergency planning overall, you know, mm-hmm. so make sure you've got your, your good food stocks. Cause Hey, if there's a, huge storm that comes through the Midwest, well, trucks are going to have a hard time getting supplies. Right. And definitely check on your neighbors too. Mm-hmm. You know, get yourself situated, get the kids situated and go check on the neighbors because the elderly neighbor next door may not be ready for that. And it would just be nice to invite them to come just sit in the house and be in in a place where they can keep get an eye, an eye a good eye on them and keep the neighborhood a little bit safe. You know, it's, as we grow older, and that's one of the things that I'm kind of looking ahead and trying to figure out the logistics of is, you know, what if a partner or spouse, if, if you're in that situation, you know, leaves or, you know, foreseeable, unforeseen circumstance, whatever, and now you're alone. Mm-hmm. So how can you handle being home alone during these stressful situations? So, yeah, you know, being a, a good neighbor and a good person goes a long way sometimes. Exactly. Especially with the Thanksgiving season. Oh, yes. Yep. So we are thankful for all of you you being customers and clients and certainly listeners. Definitely, you know, if you're looking for listings in the area and are curious what's online, go ahead and check out MyRapids.com. We're also on the social media, so hit us up with some conversations. You've got a phone number, Carrie. I do. And it's a very textable number at 715-323-2577. Well, we've Hope everyone has a good deer hunting season and a very happy holidays, especially since Thanksgiving was just around the corner and now we're headed towards Christmas. Yes, the hustle and bustle of Christmas. All right, well, keep on listening. You have a great Central Wisconsin day. All right, bye-bye. Stay tuned and come back for hour two of My Rapids Real Estate Show, where we take a deep dive into central Wisconsin real estate market and more housing-related topics.